Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another day and another episode of Adult Child of Dysfunction. Today, we have with us author Regina LaFranc. LaFrance. Did I pronounce that wrong? Yes, LaFrance. LaFrance. And she has come a long way since leaving a native small village, a place she called home until tragedy struck. Drawing from her direct experience, her semi-autographical novel, novel Shayla is a depiction of the events that happened when she was violently raped as a young girl by a pedophile priest in her community. Her tell-all book further speaks to the deep-seated wounds and trauma that have followed her into adult life as striving to rein reinvent herself and find healing. Shayla is LaFrance's sharing and ultimate hope for others who have been molested and suffered from abuse, passionate in the resolve of this issue. LaFrance has made it her ongoing effort to prevent the unthinkable from happening to more innocent children. And I love that that is something that you're striving to do. Thank you so much for being here, Regina. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. I'm glad to be here. So this episode, as we know, in this podcast in general, is stories of hope and healing because bad things happen, that tragic things happen to absolutely everybody. And there's no escaping it. Life is not always the easiest in the world. But I love that you have a very important message of hope and healing and moving forward. But tell us a little bit about you. Who who are you? Uh, like you said, my name is Regina. I live in North Carolina with my husband, Dan. And we moved here from Boston. I lived in Boston for 37 years after I moved from my homeland of Portugal. And living in Boston for 37 years was a life of chaos. I learned so many different things. I, I was all over the place and I hid a secret that um, haunted me my whole life from when I was 10 years old. And in and, and my story, my parents were wonderful and they were kind and just hardworking people that were just beautiful. I have a lot of good memories from when I was six to nine years old with my parents. But once the priest abused me and basically left me to die physically and emotionally, I began to feel self-doubt. I was a very confident little girl because my father and my mother gave me so much love. I began to self-doubt. I began to feel shameful. I had a lot of anxiety and depression. And even though in my brain, I knew the things to do, I always felt inside bad about myself. The people around me thought that I was a little like um, all over the place all the time, but they admired me for being energetic and wanting to do different things and try different things. But in my mind, I felt that I was a loser. The whole time I never felt happy inside and when I looked in the mirror I never really liked who I saw now is that did anybody know about what happened to you nobody knew 
at all until I was in uh, in 2015 um, in my uh, probably early 50s, I had a flashback of what really, really happened. Um, and in other words, I always knew what happened, but I am who I am today, possibly because of this. That's what I discovered. My anxiety and my pain was probably related. I was with a client and my client told me that her little girl didn't want to go to summer camp that year. She was probably around 10 or 11. And I asked her, did you ask her why? And she said, she doesn't tell me why. She just doesn't want to go this summer. And she cries and says, mommy, mommy, please don't, don't send me this year. And I immediately, immediately went into shock. My palms were very sweaty. My heart was pounding. And I said to myself, that little girl, most likely something happened to her last summer. Yeah. And that very night I went home and I called my best friend and that was the first time. And even then I was telling my best friend what had happened. And I told my best friend was a little girl I knew, but she quickly caught up to it. And when I began to write my book um, almost three years ago, I considered writing it, uh, it was a bad dream I had. Mm -hmm. Because I really didn't want my friends and especially my husband to know what had happened. I didn't want people to think differently of me. And but it backfired on me because people just began to to tell me about themselves and tell me that I wasn't alone and love me even more for my courage to tell the world. Because this week is the week that we actually launching my book. Oh nice. So, and we're going global. So I've been very protected within my circle. And now the whole world that wants to read are going to know what happened to me that night. Well, and they say, you know, telling your story is the quickest way to healing. And yes. and it's just, you know, you telling your story, you telling it as a dream versus you telling it as your story the connections will be absolutely insane that you make the number of connections because they're looking at you and they're seeing you and they're feeling your pain and they're feeling your love. And then they're seeing your smile and your hope and your, yes. your joy. And, um, but that's a long time to carry that. That's yeah. a long time. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, I mean, you're talking about red flags, like you said, you were in there. So you knew what happened, but you just never dealt with it. But then all of a sudden it's like you put, it was probably when you heard that story from your client about her child, it was like putting yourself back in there at 10 years old. Yes. The, I mean, probably panic and fear and everything else. Yes. And so when you, when you say your client, so what is your work? What do you do? I'm a massage therapist and okay. I was. Um, some clients talk to me a lot and I talk to them and some clients come to relax and they don't talk, but this part particular client, we always talk. Right. And I can tell that she was very tense that day. And I asked her, she was unusually quiet. And then she opened up to me and told me that her little sweet angel was just very upset and crying. And, um, and I just felt I have this amazing ability to know things. When I when I talk to people or when I see people, I know what's going on because I can tell the body language and I know because I was there. Right. I I felt 
pain all throughout my life. It was just terrible, even in my own marriage. My husband always knew there was something. Right. But I always cover up. And it wasn't until last year when he read my my manuscript that he just couldn't believe it, that I had been carrying this burden for so many years. And now it's so different because yeah. now that I learned. So let me back up just a minute here. I wanted a change for me. I printed an old picture of myself when I was uh, six years old. And I put that picture on my desk while I was writing. And I said, I'm going to get justice for her. And that's when we, me and 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 my um, my uh, mentor, we came up with this brilliant idea to do the book trailer as me going in to save my inner child. Yeah. So my inner child was still hurting so much when I discovered that by writing, I let it out. So I went to the mirror and I had a, a conversation with myself, which is very difficult to admit to myself that I was still hurting. I would really would like to nurture myself and nurture my inner child. And that's when I started um, writing down my mission from this day forward is to create awareness to keep children safe. Absolutely. It, right. It doesn't have to be a sexual abuse. It could be emotional abuse it could be physical abuse it could be that the child somehow is overweight and been picked on her whole life it could be that like in my case when I was very young very little I was very dark and I was always outside I had long black hair my mother and my father called me ladybug but they called me ladybug because most people called me cockroach mm. and that was so hurtful even the priest himself when he was abusing me, he would call me cockroach. And that was so hard. And I never want to tell anybody that I, that was my nickname. But mm. my mom and dad, because they thought I was just so cute, they called me Ladybug to take the focus off. But I always remember being called that other name. Yeah. But now that I that doesn't mean anything anymore because no. that that sadness doesn't rent space in my mind anymore. So now I'm a true ladybug. <laughs> well, a, true ladybug. <laughs> a blossoming butterfly. And, yes. you know, I mean, talk about, so this was just recently. So you started this whole thing three or four years ago. I like started yes, really I had, working. I had, yes. I had my flashback on 2015 and I wrote what really happened. Okay. And to me, inform me what really happened. Yes, he the priest attacked me um, sexually and physically, but that's what he did after the fact. The, right. the cemetery um, episode where he, he took me to the cemetery in the middle of the night and, um, and I actually aborted at the, at the cemetery in a, in a small box. That piece right there is the piece that hurts the most now as an adult. Because when you're 10 years old, for me, I just went through the motions. I just, I don't even know how I survived, but because I really, truly shouldn't have survived what happened. Mm. You know, and it's, you're resilient and, you know, God gave you a test and now you have a yes. testimony and you're going to help so many, yes. many people. 
So many people. And, you know, it's like when you talk about red flags, like that mom, you know, I, I talk about this all the time for listeners because there is dysfunction in this world that is off the charts. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a one sexual encounter. It doesn't have to be something like what they call like a big T trauma, but it doesn't matter. Like you said, the bullying or just a nickname or just anything like that, that is just constantly beating at your psyche as a small child, you, you do carry it into adulthood and, and it never goes away. So many people say like, oh, well, my parents are out of the picture, so it's better. And, you know, the person that did that is out of the picture, so it's better. You know, I have a, I have a client who was molested years and years ago by a step parent. And, you know, it's, it's like the mother. And so she has all these different issues of not being protected by the spouse, by, you know, feeling unworthy. I mean, everything that goes along with that, the shame and everything, but she was told they're out of the picture. So you're fine. And it's just not the case, but at the same time, it doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60, it's never too late or too early to start getting better. And to start that's feeling right. better. That's right. When I started writing my book, my only focus was to create awareness to keep children safe. And I have a very good, very a very good outline on how I want to bring that forward. But then, as I experienced my my success in becoming emotionally free and and feeling respect and love for myself, I acquired a second focus equally as important and my second mission and focus is to speak with people that carry that burden of sadness and self um self-doubt for so long because of what happened to them as children i never saw the success in me when i first started right because i didn't believe it could happen i just figured that's how my life is it's how my life's going to be. But then when I started nurturing myself, I become feeling that power of, of love. And now I only have the triggers, but I'm aware of them. I know what they are. I know how they feel. And I go right to the mirror and I have the conversation. Whether if, if I don't have a mirror or I just put my hands in front of my face, I say, mirror, <laughs> tell me. And I tell myself, this is a trigger. Oh, I think in my mind, this is a trigger. It doesn't mean anything. That person or that rainy day or that scent of something or whatever it may be, it could be a stranger, said something that it's hurting you because it's a trigger, but that's not who you are anymore. Right. You have already retired that victim uh, feel. So once you retire something, you can't bring it back because it just doesn't work anymore. And that's how I live my life now. And that's the message that I want to be delivering now. Keep children safe, create awareness, and equally bring ideas to people that are still hurting. Yes, Absolutely. Because people will, you know, they'll just carry it. And it's not even like when you say self, would you say self-doubt? I mean, it gets, I'm sure it goes way beyond that. It's self-loathing. It's self, you know, there's so much self 
hatred and self-loathing and shame and all of that. And you can let it all go. But like you said, one, each trigger is just a moment. It's just a moment of thinking back. And it's, it's the best thing you can do is walk to a mirror. Or I know that's one of the first things they told me when I was doing inner child work is take a picture of you as a six-year-old yes. and put it somewhere that you can see it every day, every day. And you tell them, you know, that's, I'm sorry, you know, that happened to you, but you're safe now. You know, you're yes. loved, you're, you're validated. I have, I, this is mine. I don't know if you can see. It is never, yep. And I I um, love this picture because that was, the, those were the days where I was happy. And some, um, actually one of my friends told me, Regina, well, you're lucky that you had from six years old to nine years old because I don't have that. So I don't know where to go to become that ladybug that that now I am. And and she's right. Some children, because both of her parents were terrible alcoholics and they fought and fought and fought from the age that my friend can remember. And yeah, they did trips to the beach and they did things, but they were always arguing and drinking and the kids were in the backseat always afraid and they mm -hmm. never... And she said, I don't know where to go to get that, those memories. I said, I understand and I am, I am not trained, trained to help anyone in that area because I don't know how they really feel. But it's so difficult to be a, a product of abuse from when the age that you can remember. I consider myself very lucky that I have the memories I have. Or that, or that you had the parents to back you up to be the support yeah. when other stuff was going wrong. So it's like you were, I mean, you were having a conglomerate of good and bad and tr yeah. getting it all messed up together. But no, it is confusing. And, and it's, it, it made inner child work more, not, I don't want to say more difficult. It was just an extra layer that you had to get past because I have very few memories of my childhood, very few. And the ones that I have, unfortunately, are now, as I went through the work, sometimes not the best, but I feel like it's given to me to remember as I can deal with it or as I could deal with it. So some things, and sometimes even now I'll be talking about a conversation and it's just, I mean, it's probably just in the last 10 years that happy memories started like coming up because I was like, wow, I don't even remember that. There's whole vacations, whole weeks, whole months that I have no recollection of, none no matter how hard I try and people are like, well, maybe you don't need to remember, but I'm like, but I remember there were good, there was good in there. You know, they're like, you said, there was family trips. I mean, my dad, we always had a boat. So we always went out on the boat on the weekends and we did fun things. But when I look back at the big picture, that's not what I remember. And you have to yes. really work on that, but it's, it's still doable. You know, even though the memory, because the memories are there, they most certainly are there. And, you know, it's like when I, I was saying just earlier today on one of my other interviews, we were talking about like unconditional love, like you had that unconditional love for your parent from your parents. So that's awesome. Like I had to learn unconditional love at 26. Right. <laughs> you know, I learned I learned it from a puppy, which yeah. I don't know, you got to learn it somewhere, right? <laughs> well, I have a, I have a, and, a, and I won't um, go too much into it, but um, three years ago, I was hiking um, in New uh, New Hampshire at the White Mountains, and I met a, a senior gentleman that asked me, why are you up here? Uh, you're from North Carolina. And I said, I'm here to do some soul searching. I'm looking for a way to find true 
love and how I can begin discovering love because this was in the beginning of my uh, journey to write my book. And he told me, if you want to find true love and you haven't yet, get yourself a German Shepherd puppy. And I did. <laughs> I came home and I told my husband, we're getting a German Shepherd puppy. And um, it, it was an amazing, amazing experience. So I know exactly what you're saying. It was the first time that I felt love. It was like having my newborn. Mm -hmm. Two months old, but I, I visit him every week. And when he came home, unfortunately, I and I won't get into it. I only had him for 15 months, but I saw, I see him now. He came into my life as a lesson, not a pet. Right. And I will forever be thankful for that hiking trip where I learned to love. So I know exactly what you mean. And it was funny because when I got that puppy, I remember the first day holding him in my hands and I was like, oh, like my yes. heart melted. I was like, I've never felt this before. Never. So I knew yes. I was going to be fine. I knew yes. I was going to be okay because I'm like, if I can have this love for this, then obviously I'm going to be able to love my children like that. And then ultimately I'm going to be able to love myself like that because yes. I've never been a big one for looking on the outside for anything. I, once I realized how I had followed all, all this had followed me into adulthood. I, you know, would go to therapy and I was like, okay, that's helpful. But it just kept me more curious and more curious. And I kept knowing it's inside of me. Like I got to just find it inside of me. And that's what I did. And that's still what I preach to this day is, you know, you, there's all these modalities and they're all great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you can do EFT tapping, you can do positive affirmations, you can go to therapy, you can do all of this. But it, ultimately, everything you need is right inside of you. Everything. Yes. So. And one thing that I, um, I've i said in, um, to a couple of people is, you know, black from white, green from red, um, the sky from, from the earth, whatever. You know, a dog from a cat. That means that you are intelligent and you know the difference between things. What you need to learn is that it comes from in here. You need to learn and find a way to change your way of thinking. And it's difficult and it's going to take time. But once you do and you know that all this power and energy that you carry is going to make your life feel and 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 be so much better and positive. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of NLP work and, you know, I'm certified in NLP practitioner and all that stuff. And, and that's really what it is. You know, it's like these stories, especially when you don't remember your childhood. Yes. Your brain has to make something up. It has yes. to come up with a story because there's no way your brain is going to convince itself that you don't remember those years zero to nine. I mean, you are zero to seven in like this kind of semi-hypnotic state and you're just being fed stuff. And that's what's going into your subconscious mind. Yes. But ultimately, right now, if you say, well, what was your life like and you when you were six and you don't remember, you're going to come up with a story regardless. So you might as well make it a good one. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, you might as well make it good. That's what I, I always say. It's I, I do. You know, I <clears throat> I have vacations or situations where I'm with other people and they're like, Tammy, that's not how it happened. And I'm like, well, that's how my brain filled it in. It had to fill that's it right. in with something, you know. So. That's right. I don't have any any memories from being a teenager. And I 
I know I, I went all through high school and I know it wasn't good for me because I was very rebellious and I didn't want to obey the house rules anymore. And unfortunately, the priest that assaulted me, he was a professor at the high school and he taught history and English. And I had to live with that, even though I never talked to him. He never talked to me. He always passed me. I always passed. I, I never had to worry about that because I know that he knew he crossed the line big time. Yeah. But I have very, very little memories. I have a nephew that um, every once in a while sends me a picture of us growing up. I have absolutely no memory of any of those things. Isn't that wild? I mean, your brain doesn't, It it's, your brain is there to protect you. Yes. You know, ultimately, down. you it know, it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just talking to a gentleman today and he lost about a month with amnesia, you know, dissociative amnesia yes. from just horrific cir- circumstances. And yes. then I talked, I, I had another gentleman on my show, I think a couple months ago, and he actually lost 13 years of his life Yeah, and, and was living as a person, writing books, doing journals, like just continuing to go on. But his brain literally just said, nope not that life, not dealing with that one right now, you know, and that's unfortunately, you know, it happens, but it happens for protection. Yes. But that's why I think it's so important because you still, no matter what you can go forward, you can go forward, you can go forward. At some point you still have to reach that six or five or four or seven, whatever it is that baby you and, and love on it. Yes, it's not easy to look in the mirror and say, you must go in and handle whatever it is that happened to nurture yourself so you can have a happy life, you can be free. And um, it's not easy, but it's doable. I did it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was a constant, constant, I am wonderful. I am healthy. I am worthy. I am, I am, I am, but all positive. Right. And in the beginning, when I began listening to the videos and the audios on YouTube, I am, I almost did not want to repeat because I didn't feel worthy and I didn't feel like I had the right to say it. And now I know this because when I tell people to say it, they won't say it or they'll have tears. Or they'll, or they'll say it and they'll, you can see them clench when they say it, which yes. means they don't believe it. Not 100, not at all. You know, and that's, and that's my message, which is equally as strong as keeping children safe. I want to do both. Yeah. Because the people that are hurt, like we were hurt are the ones raising children. So they need to be very aware that if they're hurt, that child is lacking something from their mom or their dad yes i mean you can't pour from a half full from an empty cup (laughs) that's right that's right so and and you don't you know it's a great conversation and a great quote i guess and i used it earlier today so i hate to keep repeating myself for my listeners out there who already listened to this today but um is with awareness comes great responsibility yes So, you know, when you're not aware and you don't understand why you are the way you are, why you act the way you act or anything like that, then it's kind of like you just go through life. You're just content to be content versus happy. But then once you understand, okay, this is why 
then it is your responsibility. I feel like if you want to be happy and it's a choice, you don't have to, you can stay, stay just content. Most people do, or you can do the work or you can do the work because yes, most people do because it's so difficult to look in the mirror. Like my, my whole adult life, I hardly ever, ever, ever cried. Mm -mm. I just didn't cry. I didn't cry. I didn't mourn the loss of my mother until I lost my dog. Mm. I did not mourn the loss of my father. I did not mourn the loss of a best friend. I never cried. It's like, next, I don't feel. I, mm-mm. I'll go to a funeral or I would know, know that someone passed away and I would feel sad but never said to let it out. When yeah. I lost my dog, like so I said, he came to me as a lesson. And I know now for three months, it was the first time. And I'm okay with that and losing him now because I accepted it. Oh yeah. For three months, I sobbed. I sobbed for everything. <laughs> and it, I am so relieved that I was able to feel, and and again, this particular stage, it was feel pain. It's okay. It's okay to mourn the loss of a mother. I could not look at my mother's pictures. I could not think because I did not want to hurt over her. And that day, that 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 fifteen month old, um, beautiful creature that came into my life with so much love, that dog. That day that I lost him, I went down. I went down and I stayed down for about three months. And I still managed to go to work and all that. But I was just crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I it was a relief to just let it all out. And 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 now m- one of the things that I want to to urge people is to to look in the mirror and start somewhere. Let it yeah. out. It's okay. It is never, never, never a child's fault. Never. So that shame that I carried, it was a waste of my life. Mm-hmm. And and I want to just so much to just send that message to everyone that is hurting right now. And and that's why we need more advocates for you. That's why we need more shows like this that you know yes. have have that message because your story is not the same as my story. There's always similarities and there's always, especially always similarities in the lasting effects. Like the same, it's the same. And like I said, it doesn't matter whether your parent, you know, it's all these dirty secrets, all these secrets that nobody wants to share. And that's why I try to, you know, that's what you got to do. That's the message is like you said, keep the children safe, but let the children know not only are they safe, but that if something has happened, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's okay. And because that's what, you know, I, I used to sleep on my desk at school all the time. I mean, it was, I literally would go to school and just crash on my desk. And I think back about it now. And I remember one day about five years ago, I was tallying up, trying to think in my mind, how many teachers did I have? Like how many teachers saw me sleep on a desk? And it had to have been 50 or 60 by the time you change, you know, have three or four a day and six in high school. And so I probably had 50 or 60 teachers and I'm like, man, not one of them ever said, why do you sleep on the desk? Because I might've said at that point, just out of sheer desperation, 
because it's the only place I can sleep with both eyes closed. But you know, so like when I was a teacher, I was very acutely aware yes. of children that were, I, I gave, I give every child the benefit of the doubt. I, like you said, it's never a child's fault. And no. I don't believe that God made good and bad children. He no. made us all good and all joyous yes. and all pure and divine and amazing. Yes. And then life happens and that's what changes how children act. So I think we should all give children the benefit of the doubt, assume that something has hap happened to make them not joyous and happy and yes, and then help and then let them know you're there for them. And that's all it takes. You know, I know. So. And my book is about to be launched this week. I want to hit the road whether it's virtually or actually go places. And I want to send this message. If a child doesn't want to go somewhere, if a child doesn't want to do something, if that child says, mommy, mommy, please don't let me go. You must find out what's going on. And another thing is very important. If you ask it, your child, what's going on? Why don't you want to go tell mommy everything? and that child doesn't say anything, please know, and I have goosebumps just saying this, please know that something is going on. Because a child should be, like you said, every child is perfect, should be free to speak, and they are. They tell you everything that, that comes to their mind. If that child doesn't say anything, you must sit down with yourself. And look at what's going on, whether it's school, daycare, at home, or something. It could be you, unfortunately. Because when we are in pain, we don't know how to be nurturing. Or we don't know. It could be happening right at our house. Yeah. And, so and I say that, especially with the stuff going on right now, even good parents by default sometimes are being emotionally neglectful because they're working three jobs. They're That's exhausted. Right. They're burning the candle at both ends. They're just trying to put food on the table. And, you know, a child is never going to see all that and be able to process that. All a child knows is they're not getting love, attention, validation, hugs and snuggles like they need. So, right. you know, it's nobody's fault. It's and And I say that because... Again, you know, if you think like if I had thought as a mom, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm 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 doing bad stuff to my kid and I'm not meaning to. You're not going to go get help. So it's nobody's fault. The situation they're in, you know, that's right. It's, things happen. But that's it right. is again, it is your fault. It is your responsibility to go and, you know, seek help for, for yourself if nobody else. But especially when children are are involved. And that's where my real passion lies because, you know, they say one in five children now has at least one addicted parent. Well, yes. that doesn't take one parent out of the equation. It takes both because if there's one addicted parent, there's one parent that is struggling to stay afloat, that's you right. know? So, and one in five, that means you walk into a class of 25 kids and five of them are having the same struggles. I know, I know a couple that has um, three young children and th that couple, they both work hard. And then when they come home from work, one or the other picks up the children and they need to cook dinner and get the kids ready and homework. The mom can't wait 
for the father to kind of sit down with them to do homework because she just cooked and she just fed them all. She 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 grabs her bottle of wine and she hides in her room and she tells everybody, I'm going to take a bath and a shower. I'll put you to bed in an hour and a half or whatnot. Meanwhile, the father is frustrated because he came home very tired as well and he had to play with the kids outside. Now he's doing homework. And the children, believe it or not, feel that. Oh, yeah. And it's not physical abuse. It's not sexual abuse. It's it's just that they're both tired and, and they have so many things going on and they just want to get away. Yep. Um, and and so they're emotion, emotionally yeah. unavailable. Every night is the same routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, no, you see it and you just, and the kids again, you know, they don't grow up going, well, mom and dad worked really hard and blah, blah, blah. Later they will once they're adults, but as children, they just go, yeah, mom and dad don't care. Mom and dad don't pay attention to me. Mom and dad don't talk to me. And that's right. so, you know, your message, I can't wait to get your book. The name of it is just Shayla. Yes. The name is Shayla. If you go to uh, Facebook and look up Shayla, the book that tells all. Um, you go to my page, you see everything. You can actually go to my website as well, lafrancemedia.com. And LaFrance, it's L.A. And then the word France, like the country. Mm-hmm. You can order the book there as well. And you can read everything that happened. I just want to um, say this one thing. My book tells all. It's It's dark and it's sad. However, keep in mind that the second part of the book is very inspiring and very uplifting and it's wonderful and if if you don't like to read about things that happen to children just skip that first few uh, uh, chapters and know that something happened it wasn't the best it was sad and dark but the second part of the book is extremely uplifting and very inspiring for people like us now in our 40s 50s and i'm 60 that walk around with this thing in our heads that the burden of having been um, sad for so many years. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. So are you launching on Amazon? We're going to be, yes. So um, it's going to be everywhere. So we're going to go global with the publication, but for sure on my website um, and, and obviously Amazon people, a lot of people order from there. You can order anywhere you want. It's going to be available everywhere. Okay. And do you do speaking too? So you obviously do speaking as well. Yes, I am very available and very interested to go ahead and spread the news. And and again, my message, keep children safe, create awareness for what may be going on with them. But equally, strong, strong mission I'm on is that I want to spread the news. I want to tell people that if I did it, you can do it. And it's just working with ourselves. And we don't have to go to school or take classes, find someone, a mentor, just like you, that is trained and or read positive books, make positive affirmations, listen to people that have been there and have done it. It is possible. Amen. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I that's why I have this podcast, literally, because I we've all been through something. We've all been yes. through something crazy. Some things you know, more traumatic in our eyes, but yes, it's all the same. It doesn't matter. So it's all, we all deserve to reach out to get help. Um, I actually have a group coaching program. You guys can check it out in the links. I give two free weeks to just jump in and it's called trials to triumph because that's what we're ultimately going for. 
That's right. And um, I love it. So thank you so much. But before you leave, I want you to give. So for the listeners out there, no matter what you've been through, what you're listening for, or what kind golden nuggets or whatever, but give the listeners, please, something that they can leave with or some words of wisdom. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, before you do that, I'm sorry about my dog. If you can hear her snoring, she's. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> she's sacked out. She is snoring like a pig. No, I didn't hear it. But uh, <laughs> um, so I'd like to leave you um, all with number one, if you live your life, um, with sadness from having been a victim, remember, even if what happened to you, you are a young adult or an adult, it is never, ever a child's fault. And if your sadness comes from a rape, it is never a woman's fault to be raped. Never. Or a man. No matter what age. If you... If you're in a, in a place where a rape happened, it is never that person's fault. No one ever, ever said, I want to be raped tonight. So remember, it's not your fault. And you can definitely start to retrain the way that you think about yourself. And after a while, your brain will tell you those things that you've been repeating to yourself. It takes time. And if you are an adult that watches children grow around you, if you see a child that is suffering, do something. And if it's your own child, say, mommy, please don't let me go. You have to stop everything you're doing, even if your child is a, a young teenager. Find out what's going on because you can help that child not become like us for so many years with trauma. Absolutely. Well said. I mean, just reach out, reach out to anybody, reach yes. out to somebody. Um, we all have that thing called intuition. That's right. Use it. Use it. If you feel wrong, something feels wrong. And it's the same thing I tell children. If something feels wrong, it probably is. Get away from it. That's right. You know, or if you're an adult and you see something that just doesn't look quite right, explore, be more curious because yes, absolutely. Regina, I know that the words you're spreading are going to save lives. I Thank know they you. are. And, and I want if, that. Oh, absolutely. And if we all do our part, we can all save a life. And if you save, if you save one life, well done, my good and faithful servant, as they say. Yes. And, and always remember thoughts become things. So thoughts become habits and habits become things. If you allow negativity into your space, you are going to carry the negativity. You have to become very, very wise on what's allowed to come in. Because if you start your morning spilling your coffee and you you're focus on that, and then somebody might hit you at the red light, you're going to focus on that all day. Then you call the insurance company and they're not going to answer. And your day is going to just continue to be that way. Law of attraction. What you think about, you bring about. That's right. <laughs> if you spill your coffee in the morning, laugh. Yep, exactly. It's just it's coffee. Not the, it's not the end of the world. Yes. Yep. Thank that's you. One of, Thank you. You're very welcome. And that's one of my other favorite expressions. You know what? There's a book, right? Don't sweat the small stuff and it's all yes, small stuff. I have it. Yeah, I love that book. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And for all of the listeners out there, another episode, this one completely filled with faith and love and healing and hope. 
and join us back. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.